Hello, this is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, here with Marcello Yaya, co-publisher. We are ready to tour this week's news and we've got a lot of it. Hang on. Um, we have almost all the schools in New York State waiting and one of them is Lorisville. I got an emailed press release from the governor right before midnight on Sunday saying that the weekend grace period had not produced a budget. The state budget is due by April 1st. And on Monday, the legislature at the governor's urging extended for two months the current budget. This leaves school districts in the lurch. Borisville is better off than many because um, it has based its budget on the governor's aid proposal and even was making some additions so it's able to proceed without um, too much worry but they've held off until next week <clears throat> the state set budget voting date is may 16th so most districts it looks like will have to go to vote without knowing how much aid they're getting our lead story here by H. Rose Schneider, who's in charge, came about because the Bern Highway Superintendent, who has been sparring for months with the supervisor, Kevin Crozier in Bern, has sent a letter to the town attorney asking about basically who's in charge of what, citing several problems. Beneath that, we have the uh, mobile station in Gilderland, people were contacting our office to say the pumps were closed and wanted to know why, and our intrepid reporter, Elizabeth Floyd Mayer, dug in and discovered that um, it had been seized for back sales taxes. The centerpiece here is a wonderful picture by Michael Koff. Um, he took it at Voorheesville. The elementary school has a creek next to it, the Vlai Creek and the Department of Environmental Conservation released 250 brown trout there, stocking the creek as part of a statewide program that produces millions for um, the industries related around fishermen and fisherwomen. There's a story behind the story though, and you'll see it when we turn the page to get inside. A very moving drawing by Carol Coogan, again this week hands reaching for food. The editorial is urging the state to enact a food recovery bill. This would have institutions which waste large amounts of their food uneaten, schools, hospitals, large facilities like that, requiring them to give it to food pantry programs. It just seems very sad <laughs> that one in seven New Yorkers is what they call food insecure. More than people on the poverty, below the poverty line, they're people that are not sure of where their next meal is coming from. And coincidentally, Sienna released a poll Tuesday showing that 96% of New Yorkers agree most strongly no one in the state should go hungry. So we see no reason in this long budget delay why that should not be enacted. Our letters start out with a lively one from Betty Head. 
distressed over the county not adopting measures to prohibit styrofoam containers that's only prohibited for chain restaurants and she makes a very cogent case for the environmental harm that's done long term followed by a request from councilwoman knox councilwoman amy picorni holding a workshop inviting the public to discuss concerns about proposals for upcoming business districts in town followed by a nice response from Jim Pickett who wrote about lack of sidewalks in Gilderland and got a good response from Donald Sapos, the grant writer, and now he's responding with a less costly proposal that would put pathways next to town roads that otherwise might not have sidewalks for years. Michael Koff was on the scene at the Westmere Firehouse where he's also a volunteer firefighter. And he caught a moment of a little boy afraid of an offering by the bunny as his sisters express awe. And they were happy to pose for a family photo. Well, he was still looking skeptical at the bunny. A hearty breakfast was part of the Easter fun. Many other events going on in town. Of particular note, I think, is a call for veterans to march in the Memorial Day Parade by the Knox Fire Company. And you can get in touch with them if you're a veteran and want to do that. One of the school board candidates for Burn Knox Westerlo, Kimberly Lavelle, has written about her interest in the post. Under that, we have the Old Men of the Mountain. John R. Williams was not able to make it to the gathering, but he provided really prescient insights on former conversations. Turning the page, speaking of food pantries, the one in Gilderland honored its longtime helpers, and we commend each one of them. Beneath that, we have a, a very interesting letter from Victor Portier responding to our liberal columnist, Dennis Sullivan, with a conservative view. And next to that, we have a very liberal view from our columnist, Michael Seinberg, and humor involved, cats and politics. And we love having such a wide variety of views in our paper. A house fire, early, early, Monday morning was covered by Elizabeth Floyd Mayer. The person who lived in the house was awakened by his cats and then tried, once he got out, to go back and save them. Some of them did make it. Um, and again, as always, we're impressed with the work of the volunteer firefighters in our midst. Turning the page, it's the first for Altamont to have a female mayor, Carrie Deneen was sworn into office Tuesday as other newly elected board members also took office and it seemed like a seamless transition. We noticed the former mayor, Jim Gaughan, sitting in the back row. And uh, Ms. Deneen has been on the board as a trustee for 12 years. The board unanimously adopted a $2 million budget, which we went over in some detail with the treasurer, Catherine Hasbrook. And taxes will remain flat, services will remain the same. And there are so many reserve accounts, I think the people in Altamont can feel safe. An interesting Planning board meeting in New Scotland as Cynthia Elliott consider, continues her year and a half long journey to get a special use permit in her residential agricultural district to hold parties like weddings at a pavilion on her farm. And after an hour and a half of deliberation, the board had reached consensus, but Ms. Elliott 
um, responded that, you know, cutting 15 parties a year down to eight might not be viable for her. So that will continue with the next planning board meeting where a decision will finally be reached. Some springtime flooding in Bern, and underneath that we have Rose Schneider following up with how BKW is handling the crisis of not knowing state aid as the next year's budget is delayed. More from Voorheesville, not just their budget, but their capital project. We originally covered a plan to build a new highway garage that's now being scaled back. The superintendent, Brian Hunt, thinks the maximum for the entire capital project must do things for the buildings as well as some improvements in instructional space. Should not be over 12 million and he wants the garage plan to be at 5 million. So he's looking at having either the Gilderland schools perhaps do bus maintenance or the nearby County Department of Public Works will be following that story. And here's the rest of the story. The front page, the um, release of the trout into the Bly Creek, which runs near the elementary school. And on hand was Brian Segos, the commissioner for the Department of Environmental Conservation. His daughter is in the second grade class of Timothy Madison, and that's the inside story. Mr. Madison has for years had his um, students with a giant fish tank and it's in the back of their room. It's kept covered to be cool, like a winter stream. And they take off the boards and look every day to feed the fish and to record from eggs. It comes like a gelatinous ball the size of a pencil eraser, he said, with a dot in the middle. That's the eye. The dot is the eye. And they watch those eggs grow. They have six trout that have made it through to be fingerlings and will be released later. But the lessons aren't just about biology or writing or math, counting the fish. It's, as Mr. Madison told us, so many things in life are quick, poof, in, out, done. And these kids for months follow these fish and really have a committed interest in how they grow. Great project. On the next page, H. Rose Schneider uh, submitted a Freedom of Information Law request looking into a firing in the town of Bern and has uh, documents showing the unfolding drama. A sad story in Gilderland, a woman was struck in the early morning hours on Route 20. Uh, it's a very, very busy thoroughfare. There's a map there of exactly where the accident occurred. Elizabeth Floyd Mayer also had a story on a cell tower proposal that um, in Gilderland Center, and one of the uh, applicants said, it's probably the easiest tower we ever did. No one has voiced uh, objections, and it looks like it will go forward. At the same meeting, there were issues over um, corner lot privacy fencing, um, 20 West residents, some of them were upset because everyone there in this luxury development had signed a contract, they would not have such fences. Um, but that is beyond the purview of the board and uh, so the fencing was approved. Many, many arrests this week that we're reporting on, as well as a daytime burglary in Bern. One of the most fun stories we have in our paper this week, if you look closely, you'll see 
um, the thin blue line in Gilderland is wearing a thin blue line and crochet hats on their head because a former resident has taken it upon herself to create those. And um, <laughs> they look very happy with their new hats. Um, H. Rose Snyder also has a story on a couple that is distressed having cut down the trees in their yard. Um, for solar panels, they say it's not producing the amount that was promised. And at issue is this birch tree, which the owners say was part of the plan and how the panels were installed and is to protect a skylight from too much sun. But that controversy is ongoing. And we have this week as our centerpiece section, um, our progress edition. And it features local businesses telling their own story. It's a paid advertising section handled entirely by Marcello Yaya, our co-publisher. And you can read about businesses right in your midst as they tell their own story. And we always urge shop local, support those who are in our midst. Our community calendar is packed with more things and activities for people to do. Our senior columnists have much going on to report, and we hear from Phyllis Johnson this week on why she doesn't like to go to depressing movies. <laughs> the front page jump from Rose's story on the ongoing battle between the highway superintendent, Randy Bashwinger, that's his hand, and the supervisor, Kevin Crozier, He's illustrating a scanning machine um, that's used to record hours and that he says is inaccurate and not needed since his workers keep timesheets. Turning the page, we have a double full pages of library happenings. In Bethlehem, young engineers are making furniture out of newspapers. And in Gilderland, there is a well-known local musician, Andrew Calhoun, who will be performing. Turning the page for the business corner, lots going on with local businesses, but the one that's featured this week is a new enhanced assisted living facility taking over an old venue. And we turn the page again and find our Holy Week services listed as well as crocuses coming up in the midst of snow and several obituaries of fascinating lives worth reading and recording. More school news. We've been inundated at the end of the term with lots of good reports on graduates now in college from local high schools doing well. And we have another page with high school students in Voorheesville Job shadowing for a day at Molecular Research. BOCES students learning real life skills and demonstrating them for others, as well as many more achievements from local students who have gone on to college. Our legal notices, as always, help keep people informed about local governments. Turning to our sports pages, we have a notice about Special Olympics, which will be held locally, and they're looking for volunteers. It's a really great program. And good news for the Blackbirds, 
their fairly new team. It looks like it's on its feet this year. Mostly young players, just three seniors. A new coach, Derek Gavin, who had served as an assistant coach last year. And their very first game was a victory, 12-6. to Congratulations. And turning to our back page, an equally good outcome for the Gilderland tennis team. This is their number one player who just <laughs> shut out Columbia in the competition, Jeff Bransky. The number two player did the same, Adam Kronick. And it looks like they are off to another stellar season. Have a good week.